Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011, and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 49 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and today, Sunday, June 23rd at 12.30 in the afternoon, I am joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. What's going on over there? I'm doing well. Yeah, you ready to go? wasn't the question, but... What's that? <laughs> I how, you doing on, how are you doing over there? You're doing well? That's, that's the answer okay. to the question. I, uh, I guess I had a weird run-in where you answered the wrong question, like when people are like, oh, hey, how are you? I was like, have a good day, or like, you're like, <laughs> yeah. you're just really like a weird response to it. Yeah. I felt it like it was one of those. Gotcha. Gotcha. You excited to go to Alaska? I'm very excited. Yeah. I think everyone's in snacks. need of it. Yeah. We, um, we stopped at Walmart a couple, about 30 minutes ago, grabbed uh, tons of snacks. What did we get? We got some cherry Pop-Tarts. We got goldfish. What flavors? We got pizza, Parmesan, and cheddar. And the original. Yeah, Cheddar's the original. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. And then we got little muffins. Yeah, the little, little bites. Yeah. Little Debbie so little bites, good. whatever. What flavors did we get of those? Just chocolate. Okay. Um, protein bars. Nice. Um, I got a, like a yoga mat. Not fully edible, but I guess you can eat it if you want to. If you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been uh, it's been a week mm-hmm. for uh, I think the uh, the family. Uh, Lauren, of course, was supposed to come home Saturday, but. Unfortunately, some stuff happened with your grandma. She's okay now, but you know she she fell and broke her hip, broke her hip, and fractured some stuff in her neck. So she's in good shape now. But Lauren came home early to kind of play damage control with the family, and so she came home Thursday night. And her flight landed a little later than we expected, so we got home like around one o'clock, hung out until two thirty three ish, went to work Thursday or no, she Wednesday night, Wednesday night. So then I went to work Thursday which was just a hard day to get through. Yeah. And then Friday, we had a golf outing with my company, which, which is always fun, right? Well. Yeah, I mean, what you have to think about when there's any kind of corporate golf outing is there's alcohol involved Yeah. at like 8 o'clock in the morning. So you really are drinking on an empty stomach, and to make matters worse, well, it depends how you look at it. It was a beautiful day, but the sun was shining. It was very hot, you know, peak afternoon. <laughs> Same and place you got married. It's right. The same golf course that we got married. So nice memories. I, sh- I sent, I don't know if you can hear that, folks, but someone's car alarm's going off. It adds ambiance. It's good. I think there they got go. it. Okay. They got it. Uh, yeah, so oh, I sent Lauren car. some pictures of, you know, where we had our first look and where she walked down the aisle and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we're going to Alaska. Hopefully we can get everything teed up with work these next two days, get our... Yeah, I'm taking Tuesday. Eyes dotted, so keys I just crossed. Have one day left. Yeah, so it should be good times. I think everyone's in need of vacation. But all that to say, Otaku Brothers will take a little uh, little break for a while. Yeah, for which a week. is good because I think a couple of you guys are behind on episodes anyway. So you can go back and listen to that backlog of shows. It's good stuff, people. It's good stuff. I mean, we're pretty high quality content. <laughs> <laughs> I'd identify us as rather mediocre, but yeah. it's still entertaining nonetheless. But today we have a well, fun so show. Like six. What's that? Six out of ten. Six out of ten. I was thinking six five, but whatever. We got a fun show for you. We uh we had a lot of fun doing the hypotheticals last episode. Yes, Chuck did. Klosterman's hypotheticals. Fifty questions for insane conversation. So we're gonna go through ten more of those today, and then we uh, have the games we've been playing recently, of course. And it's really weird. Ryan and I were talking about this before the show. 
I put out something on the Instagram query every week. A little question for all you guys. Well, it's a question for you guys to ask us a question, really. And sometimes we'll get like one, two, maybe three. This week we got 15. Yes, we did. From three different people, so that's good. Thank you, Travis, Logan, and Alec. Coming in strong. Biggest three supporters of the show. Anyways, what else do we got, Ryan, we got to talk about today? Toy Story 4. Yes. Ryan and I went and saw that Thursday night. I bawled my eyes out. To be perfectly honest, I never wanted a third Toy Story. <laughs> but here we are with four, and it was absolutely beautiful. Yeah. It, it was, was terrific. Yeah, I didn't think it was needed. I had... Do we just want to talk about that now? Do we want to save it to the end? No, because I want to have a non-spoiler and then spoiler discussion at the end of the show so that it's a clear cut whether people want to continue listening or not. Yeah. So, uh, I guess Sid comes back and <laughs> yeah. he blows up Woody with like a bottle rocket. And then Andy uh, and comes sp- in. And Sporky th- takes his place. That's right. That's right. That's basically Toy Story 4 in that Spoilers. show. Ryan. And then Avatar comes in. Okay. Let's just talk about these Instagram questions. Okay. Instagram questions. For all, from all you fine folks. We really appreciate it. You wouldn't write into the show. Otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com. We'd really appreciate it. Feedback. Questions suggestions, maybe movie ideas, your favorite bands, favorite serials when you were growing up, really whatever you want. Favorite medical procedure to have performed on you. That's also fair game. (laughs) All right. But if you want to follow me on Instagram, again, I put something out there every Friday in case you guys want to follow it. Ari Lewis 2011 had a nice little picture of um, Boom Kaboom. Is that what his name was? Yeah. Something like that. Keanu Reeves from Toy Story 4 and Spyro trotting along there in the little Instagram query. But people came in real strong. Logan wrote in with several questions. So let's get right into these, Ryan. What do your dreams look like for your work life in the future? Uh, a work-life balance. I think so less of it. I think that's probably priority number one. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Um, I don't know what I want to do with my life yet. So I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying what I'm doing kind of. Um, it's stressful, so that's kind of the main deterrent. Um, and work-life balance isn't really there, so I think getting that, mm-hmm. so less work. Yeah. I am moving teams, though, so See, hopefully... this is how I look at that. At my previous employer, there's really no... You can't move laterally in hell. Like, it, it's still hell, <laughs> yeah. Ryan. So, it's you know, it just doesn't work. So you just got to jump ship at some point. Yeah. But, at least hell has good company. I suppose. For me, I don't really think I have anything in particular that... I don't have dreams. <laughs> yeah. No, if I think about it, I'm really happy where, where, with where I'm at currently. In terms of a dream, uh, I'd like to just continue working with great people. And um, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm still early on in my career to th- be thinking about being a people leader. Yeah. You know, I think eventually I'd like to get to a point where I'm like that because I have a boss that's very um, intentional about growing people both personally and professionally. Yeah. And I'd like to be in a position where I have the career experience to be able to do that. So I think from that relational as- aspect, I could do it. But from an experience perspective, I'm clearly not there. Yeah, I'm still deciding if I'd want to be like a manager or something. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot to take on mm-hmm. for sure. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there, Ryan. Give me like a year or two. Next question. Logan says, first job. His was when... uh He was flipping burgers at Burger King, and he worked a solid one and a half shifts. 
wow, I don't know what happened after one and a half shifts, but man, you must have poisoned the the big uh, what do they call the burgers there? Wait, he worked of one and a half shifts total. It sounds like it. That's what I'm gathering here. <laughs> That's what happens. You stab one employee. He messed up the Whopper recipe, or he put it on he, social media. Yeah. That's what he This is how you make Coca-Cola. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was Kroger, which is, if you live in like the Northwest area, it's a grocery chain. So I think fries if you live on the West Coast. But uh, yeah, I was a bagger. I was 14 years old. If I wanted to get a cell phone, I needed to get a job. Mm-hmm. My parents instilled in that into me when I was very young, which I very much appreciate now. And I got a job at Kroger when I was 14, bagging groceries. Of course, I was going out and fetching carts. And then I eventually made my way up to cashier, worked my way back into the dairy department, worked in the meat department a bit. I kind of made my rounds. Nice. It was good, but I really enjoyed it. Worked with a great team of people. We unionized. It's right. (laughs) But, you know, the thing with retail is it can be pretty toxic. Mm -hmm. Not so much the people you work with. There can be very toxic managers. It's more just dealing with customers because in the retail industry, the customer's always right. And that even includes when someone eats an entire cake or drinks an entire expensive bottle of wine. And comes in the back, store. And comes back and says, hey, this wasn't what I was meant to order. This wasn't what I meant to buy or it didn't taste to my liking. And we have to give them, we have to refund them and they get a, another one for the same price. That makes no sense. The customer's always right, Ryan. I can't say the F word on here. You'll get mad. So What's the first cell off. phone you got? Like what, what was the kind? Uh, an NV1. Okay, so that's like the flip one and it had a little keypad? Yeah, the sideways flip and the keyboard. Because uh, there's no way I'd ever learn how to do the, like the... D- three clicks per key to get Lauren was a professional at that. She was. She was really good. Um, right, so I went straight to a keyboard because I had the keyboard experience from RuneScape. That's right. Okay. That's good thinking. I got the chocolate, the LG chocolate. Oh, nice. Got the white one. Flip it up. You I always like the yeah. Razor, like the black Razor. Razor was really slick. Yeah. If I ever could have gotten a cell phone, that would have been it back in the day. But chocolate seemed pretty fashionable. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to get a cell phone until high school. Which... That was me. My freshman year. Now kids... I mean, I don't. Three-year-olds have iPads, yeah, so pretty much. Okay, so speaking on that, there was a uh, article that came out where we actually now are growing a bone in the back of our head to count because we're like we're leaning over looking at cell phones so often, and it's like an evolutionary thing. Really? Yeah. So it's like a little horn off the back of our skull, and it's actually to help support the muscles in our neck because we're looking down so much. Really? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, you can Google it, but yeah. That's really interesting. I'm like, oh, that's good. We're it's the first technology based adaptation for humans. They didn't have that with like the early like Homo sapiens that were walking around. We are Homo sapiens. Well, what's the one before that? Neanderthals. Yeah, They're, the Neanderthals. They didn't have those little uh, bones in the back of their head. No, surprisingly not. They weren't really looking at many screens. <laughs> <laughs> They're lucky to be alive. All right, Logan. He goes on. He asks another fifteen questions. Do you order ahead when you get to Chipotle, or do you just wait? Uh, I didn't. I didn't say my first job. That's, I, we don't care. Okay. Do you order ahead when you get Chipotle, or do you just go in? Now, what was your first job? Uh, so I was a lifeguard. Oh, that's yeah. right. You taught little kids how to blow bubbles underwater. I did. So I guarded the life. I taught swim lessons. Um, what else did we do? Did you we uh, ho- hosted parties? Do you have any good stories? Um. Just it was a lot of like drunk milfs and things because we live in a very uh, pretentious we, city. It's right, yeah, affluent, yeah, pretentious city, and it was a lot of like the rich people from town, just like very attractive, very rich people. 
And it's always weird how the very attractive ones are always very rich. And also douchey sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. a lot of them are pretty nice. Um, it's the same kind of retail mentality that they're always right. Mm-hmm. These like bitchy moms. But did you ever like jump in and save any little kids? No. Um, my first girlfriend, um, she was, like was on duty and then there was like a kid at the bottom of the pool. Yikes. And they didn't like jump in until someone like noticed during like a party or something and luckily some of the people there were doctors and they ended up saving them really i think they got in trouble though that's really crazy lives. that's all that was always scary you know it's, it's summertime you're eating your little pixie uh whatever the heck those things are called pixie sticks you know your pretzels and cheese your nachos your little circular pizzas that they throw in the microwave for like 30 seconds yeah there was a uh, it was a really good chicken salad with like chips and stuff that mm-hmm. they had there but it like it made you react the same way that coffee does. Like I don't know if this chicken you get jacked up and you want to like no prioritize no, like, I don't know if this <laughs> no I don't know if the uh, like chicken was like a vasodilator like the same way that coffee was like okay. it basically opens up your brain or your uh, veins and stuff. But that's why you have to crap so quickly after drinking oh, coffee. Oh, so it's like Taco Bell. Yeah, kind of. So like you're in the stand and I was eating it and then I get a really bad stomach ache and you're on there like the shift for oh you can't leave and you're like oh like goes Clenching right butt through cheeks. You. yeah no but what I was Prairie gonna say in. you're sitting there you're eating your pixie dust or what pixie sticks pixie dust <laughs> <laughs> Tinkerbell flies over no but then like the whistle blows and everyone like gets out of the water and the yeah. lifeguard dives in and tries to save someone yeah I still see like one of the kids I called him like Palmer like his last name, but like I'd yell at him because he'd like slowly go down the slide or like try to climb up the slide backwards. Mm. There's always that one kid. Yep. Yeah. Now I see him in the gym. Nice. Okay. So do you order ahead when you go to Chipotle or do you just go in? Order ahead. Oh, like uh, order online? I guess. And then No, I just go in. Yeah. Yeah. I either go go in or I get DoorDash. Well, I tried to and then they required me to give them a credit card number on like via the phone. When I tried to call oh, in, I, wouldn't do that. I was like, um, I'll just drive there. Yeah. Because, so. I mean, otherwise, you can order online and have it ready, like Panera, for I'll be there in 45 minutes or whatever. Yeah. And you can pick it up. Or DoorDash. I do that. So No, I mean, we got Chipotle yesterday, and I just ran over and got it. Here's a really big question, Ryan. I know you think about this a lot. Your opinion on Ninja. He's a Fortnite guy who streams stuff. He makes millions of dollars every two months from playing Fortnite. Yeah. I'm jealous of him. Yeah. Um... He also has like blue hair or pink hair or something like that. I don't know. I don't really have any opinion on on that on Ninja specifically. I mean, I think if you can play video games and stream it, we got like a million dollars from uh, the Apex guys to like do a stream of that. Yeah, if I got a million dollars to play like one stream of something, I'd do it. Yeah, I, I think it's amazing. I mean, honestly, if if I could podcast and stream full time, I mean, that would be. That would be like end game for me as far as, I mean, if you want to go back to the career question, like I love what I do and I love the people I work with and I love the industry I'm currently in, mm-hmm. but my biggest passion is nerd culture and video games and podcasting and having a voice in that space and especially how many people that person's influencing. I know nothing about Ninja. I don't know if he's funny. I don't know if he's a dick. I have no idea. But yeah. the fact that he's clearly, I mean, Fortnite is primarily... Kids. I mean, it's primarily kids. Certainly people in their 20s and 30s and 40s are playing it, and that's great. But it's primarily played by people in, like, 
fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade yeah. playing this game. And so he's influencing that audience. But I think to be able to have a positive influence would be awesome doing what you love. Yeah. I mean, we can, of course, have our positive influences in our current work environments. But if you're influencing like a new generation of people, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. That's why they're always dancing and doing those stupid things. Yeah, but my opinion on him, I don't know enough about him to make an opinion. But yeah, I'm just jealous is, that he's able to make that amount of money doing something that he loves. Seemingly, yeah, yeah. You don't need not real talent. That's not. But yeah, just jealousy. Yeah, opinion on Rob Zombie movies. I don't know any off the top of my head. The only one I know, first of all, I'm not. Who's Rob Zombie? He, I, I've heard the name. I just can't. Logan's probably him. gonna rip me a new one. I'm pretty sure he's like a heavy metal guy. He makes really grotesque and disturbing horror movies. And honestly, the only horror movie I've seen of his, well, I've seen two, I suppose, are the Halloween remakes that he did. And I thought the first one was great because. Did he make the new one? No, he did not make that one. Okay. He he. So there so were I probably haven't seen any. There were the originals, and then Rob Zombie did two, and then now they recently made this one that carried on the story of Jamie Lee Curtis's character. That, yeah, Rob Zombie was a like a musician. He was, but he also makes horror movies. Um, and so I saw the first one, and I really liked it because you saw a lot more of the psychology behind Michael and why he was the way he was. Of course, in the original movie, the John Carpenter version, it's Halloween night. And this little kid takes a, a knife and kills his sister. And you really have no reason why. You have no, you have no insight into his mind and what why led him to Why did he kill that. his sister? What's the insight into his mind? In Rob Zombie's movie? Yeah. Well, he's just disturbed. I mean, his, his mom is dating this nobody that abuses him. Mm. He's bullied at school. And his only escape, in the movie at least, is finding like dead animal, animals on the side of the road and cutting them up and doing really weird things. So clearly you see he's going to be calm. He has all of the traits of a serial killer. Yeah. And then he eventually kills his sister. And I don't really remember the whole thing, but what I didn't like about Rob Zombie's movies is just how disturbing and disgusting the kills were. I mean, in the second one especially... It's like Saw-level kills. Sort of, but it, it's, it's bloody and it's gory, but what I couldn't take was that when Michael, as an adult, was stabbing someone... You heard him like just grunting, like ferociously. It was just really disturbing, and he would just be stabbing these bodies, and you would just hear the knife just, you know, going yeah. away at the flesh, and you could hear it just piercing the body. And he would just sit there. They'd have him on screen stabbing this person for like thirty seconds, and it's like diminishing returns. They were dead like twenty stabs ago. Like, what are we doing here? And it's yeah. just, and that's Rob Zombie. His movies are just way over the top. They're gross. They're disturbing. Grotesque. And I don't have any. Desire to watch them. Yeah, I couldn't stomach that. No. And so, it's like human centipede kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's just like... Uh, They're doing it for the sake of doing it more so than like the actual... Yeah, it's just not not my t- cup of tea. So my opinion on Rob Zombie's movies, Logan, if you like them, great, man, but they are not for me. Yeah, Toy Stories are also out there Yeah, for consumption. Exactly. He says he says he's coming for the co-executive producer of the podcast with the, many, the amount of questions he's asking. Look out, Travis. Um, you'd really be like the what is uh what was Dwight to Michael Scott assistant to the regional manager? Yeah, yeah, you kind of be like the assistant to Travis. So, just uh, or yeah. you could usurp him. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. You guys can fight for it. He says not questions, but he says he cried during Toy Story Four, as did I. 
Logan, you're not alone. He says his list now goes Toy Story 2, 4, 1, and 3, which he claims to be trash. Wait, 3? He thinks 3 is trash. Now, here's the interesting thing. People like Ben Over Backwards were in love with Toy Story 3. I've seen it like two or three times, and I enjoyed it. But for people to be like crying hysterically and saying it's like the greatest Toy Story ever and their favorite Pixar movie, okay. I was kind of just scratching my head. Like I don't understand why people I think loved that's it so more much. More so, of four, four is probably my favorite Pixar movie. See, I don't think it's my favorite Pixar movie. What's uh, your favorite Pixar movie? Probably Toy Story One. Okay, can't go wrong with the original. So I think for me, the ranking would be one, four, two, three, and that's like. Yeah, three's last for me, but that's also like ranking Lord of the Rings for me. It's like, yeah, okay, so they're all high quality. The two towers might be last, but that's not to say that like it's a bad movie. It's unbelievable. Yeah, mine's probably Lord of the Rings wise number one, three, then two. That's me as well. Yeah, um, but but yeah, I mean, like ranking Toy Story is like ranking Lord of the Rings for me. It's they're all terrific films. Yeah, mine's probably four, one. I don't remember two. That's the one with the horse. Yeah, it's gonna be Bullseye, Jesse, and the Prospector. Okay. And you have the guy that's trying to sell, he's trying to sell Woody and the whole gang and send him to, off to Japan. Okay. For like a museum. It's been so long since I've seen it. Um, probably that one, the number three. Three, I, it was dark. It was dark. With the, uh, like that purple bear mm-hmm. and like the... Lotso? Yeah. I just remember that send-off with Andy was really good. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. probably the, my favorite part of it. That, yeah, him giving the toys to Bonnie and then kind of gapping the films between three and four. Now Bonnie's really a likable character. I really liked her in four. And just, uh, yeah, we'll get to four in, in a little bit later. But, yeah. Yeah, I would say that's my ranking. He says, what are your guys' morals when it comes to tipping a waitress? Kill them. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, it really depends on where I'm at and the service I'm getting. I mean, and I really take a a solid look at like, okay, how busy are you guys? Because if they're swamped and she's doing her best or his best to, you know, get to me and they're not serving me well, then I'll still, I'll still try and tip between 15 and 20%. I don't think it should be a thing. Japan doesn't do it. They see it as an insult because service should be service regardless of getting a tip. So then they Europe, should... I don't think, does it, but they will accept money. Japan will just, they see it as an insult to them, as their like quality of work. Apparently, the reason that we have tipping here in the U.S. is because um, train like conductor, or like the people who ran the trains, wanted to pay black people less. So they said, oh yeah, we'll give you less money, but you can get tips. And that's where tipping came from. For, forged in racism. I don't think it should be a thing. Like, why should I pay someone to do their job? Yeah. Well, I mean, if that's the case, then they'd have to be getting reasonable salaries, a reasonable pay per hour. Yeah. Because right now they're paid like $3 an hour or something stupid. Yeah. I, I don't think they should. It should be the $8 or whatever. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't expect me to pay your workforce for you. I don't think. Like, yeah. I guess you're cutting out overhead, but at the same time, I don't want to subsidize you as in, like an employer. Mm-hmm. Well, also, I don't think that like McDonald's people should get fifteen dollars an hour. That pisses me off. I don't think they do. They don't. It's like eight or whatever minimum wages. Okay, but that's a whole different spiel. It's there's a difference between because basically the argument is they want like a working wage mm-hmm. or a living wage. I think 
But really, those jobs were set up to be an entry into the market, get experience, then go into it somewhere else. Yeah. So. Well, that's kind of taking the question in an entirely different direction. I don't like tipping. Okay. I, I think it's, I shouldn't subsidize the workforce. Okay. Well, I feel differently. I feel like if that's the job and that's the way this it's structured, regardless of how it was forged in racism, I'm not in any way justifying or Are you a racist? I'm not in any way justifying <laughs> or, or rationalizing that. But... Um, just looking at it specifically as how it is and, you know, we can't get rid of it. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's completely dependent on the service. I'm not just going to, I don't want this to come across I usually do poorly, 15%. But, like, I don't want to, like, pity tip people just because they're a waitress and I get shitty service. I'm not going to pay them. No, if they're an asshole, I'm not going to tip them. Yeah. And I mean, you shouldn't feel bad not tipping someone. Yeah, I mean, it's purely yeah. dependent on how they present themselves and communicate and their service and the whole nine. I mean, that's... I mean, there's there's a point where it's it's not so much morality. It's just like, are you doing your job? And yeah, are you like, doing it well? For, like, salaries, it's almost... You, do you get a bonus if you don't do a good job? Mm-hmm. And no, you shouldn't get a bonus. Because everyone has bad days, and I totally get that. But if you're just being an asshole... Yeah, like Lauren most this week and you yesterday and... Yeah, I mean, everyone has bad days. But, like, if you're just being an asshole, like, one, you shouldn't be in work. Like, if it's that bad, like, tell your boss, like, hey, I can't come in. But, yeah. like, yeah, if you're just being an asshole, then, like, dude, I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna tip you very well. Yeah. But, but like, at our, our place, I never leave there not tipping 20%. Yeah. And if I, if I go in and get, like, a beer... Or two, like when I went and saw Toy Story and I had like two beers. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, and the bill was like four fifty. My I tipped four fifty, like a hundred percent because it's 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 four dollars and fifty cents. Like yeah, that's what I do as well. Yeah. Like if you know the people or they're cool. Yeah. So. I usually like thirty percent, but like if you're buying something like sixty bucks mm-hmm. or whatever, not that I'm going out and spending sixty bucks, but like I'm not gonna pay 30 percent on that yeah then then i'm tipping like, nine dollars yeah like mine's usually 15 mm-hmm. all right so that is uh all of logan's questions travis thank you yeah thanks logan travis asks how many hours of sleep do you get on average and what's your preference on that ryan uh not enough <laughs> yeah for real um apparently getting under six hours of sleep lowers your testosterone to someone 10 years older than you Yikes. Yeah. So you become a hag. Is that your dog farting or just making random noises? He's making noises. He's just sleeping. He's snoring. Don't in, don't insult Calvin. I'm not. I'm just questioning his uh, his noise making. Um, probably God, six to seven hours. Something like that. I should be getting closer to like eight or nine. I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm six to seven. And that's more by choice because I stay up late. My previous employer, I was getting less because... I was, I was forced to work and anxiety and all that. I think the my main problem is, like, I don't stay asleep. Like, I wake myself up. And that's purely related to stress, by the way. Yeah, it so is. So, you need to get so. out. We're going to move on. <laughs> Travis also asks, what's the best time of the day to hit the gym? I think for me, it's really dependent on what day. It, like, if it's a day of the week and I'm working, then for me, it's, like, right after work. I'm not a so I'm not someone that can get up at like five thirty, four o'clock in the morning and just hit the weights. I can't do that. I need water, coffee, maybe a little bit of food in my body before I can do that. Yeah, I usually I go with like sixty ounces of water in me. Yeah, just so I'm hydrated, or else I like 
whole something. Yeah. Um, for running, it's like four water bottles, so like 85 ounces. Um, so probably f- I usually take a break, like looking at my computer screen and go over in the morning, like nine o'clock or 10 o'clock mm-hmm. and then after work. Yeah. Um, there were, I actually, I did shrugging like actual physical cause I don't really consider cardio to be lifting. That's just my opinion or like working out. It's just kind of supplemental. It is Ryan. Cardio is working out folks. Go on. Yeah. That's not to discourage discourage cardiovascular health. Yeah, uh, like let's be freaking honest with us. But like, here. I I see going to the gym as like lifting weights. Mm-hmm. That's just my I count that as like one time a day. Um, so I usually go after work, um, like five thirty ish. Okay, yeah. good stuff. Oh, I uh I shrugged four oh five the other day. Yeah, I'm never work. gonna do that. Never gonna do that. No, <laughs> my coworker to. was just looking at me like, "What the hell are you doing?" Yeah, because stressful day. Yeah, what's your favorite and least favorite exercise? Mm. I don't know. So, I don't like biceps. Biceps suck. I love doing. See, biceps are my favorite. They probably always have been. I love the burn of that. Uh, Abs aren't fun because I never know where to place them. Like in a workout, because I feel like I have to do them separate to working out, so that it turns into like a three a day. See, and you get home from work, like working out, and then you don't want to do abs. I think people place too much emphasis on their abs because I think when you're doing a lot of other exercises, you're inherently working your abdomen muscles, and so for me, like people sit there and do crunches until they're blue in the face. I think they're effing wasting their time. I think you need to get an ab wheel. And you incorporate doing those. Suck. My dad. You see my dad with his shirt off. Yeah. Not to encourage looking at my dad with his shirt off. But my, it's he, sexy. He has like a six, he has like a sixteen pack. Yeah. The only ab exercise my dad ever does is the ab wheel. He can he can literally rep out a hundred. Wow. Nonstop. See, I was actually looking at an ab wheel at Walmart, but we have wood floors, so I didn't know if. That would ruin it because it's plastic on wood. No, I think you'd be fine. Really? Yeah, I think you'd be fine because I've done it on, on here and it's fine. Yeah, because usually what I do is I have like a full bar mm-hmm. and put twenty fives on and let the twenty fives spin, so you're a little bit higher off the ground. Okay. Because an ab wheel is really close, and like it's close together and it puts a lot of strain on your wrists. It does. Yeah. So like getting a full like metal bar like the forty five pound ones putting 25 so you're a little bit higher up and you can actually space like shoulder width apart there's other ab wheels too where it's more like this further out Mm -hmm. you know the grip i need to get a new one because i've had the same one since my freshman year of college and it's just wrecked but but yeah if you want to get abs nine like 85 percent of getting abs is what you're putting in your body right i mean you can do crunches until you're blue in the face but if you're putting down eight bottles of beer every night you're never gonna have abs that's very true your abs muscles are always there it's a matter of chiseling it away if you didn't have ab muscles your spine would break probably yeah yeah so yeah i mean my biggest recommendation for all of you trying to get a six-pack for the summer get an ab wheel and eat Pro- high protein yeah lower co- somewhat lower carbs yeah get your fats for all your hormones and stuff just eat well and get an ab wheel. That's really all there is to it. People overcomplicate it. People well, overcomplicate exercise and nutrition to begin with. Yeah, because you can make money off of it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The Illuminati owns the industry <laughs> of health. Um, actually, I think it was because of the sugar industry villainized fat 
but it's really the sugars that are the problem. So you see everything like low fat shit. Really, you need fat yeah, for every cell in your body because the uh, the cell membrane is actually made out of fat. Okay. So remember, guys, this is an educational program. We always have something yeah. for you. And all your hormones like testosterone, cortisol for stress. Mm-hmm. Like you need fats for your stress hormones. Um, but it's you see everything as like has a bunch of sugar in it because it's a preservative. Yeah. And it was the, I guess here in America, like in Europe, they don't do it low fat stuff. It's here because of the sugar industry. Gosh, America. Yeah. So what was the, the question was like, what's your least favorite exercise? I hate biceps. Uh, personally, you have to do them to be somewhat proportioned. Um, I don't find them to be fun. It's just not a good pain. I really like like squatting or leg related stuff because you feel horrible the next couple days. You see, or ch- like the big compound lifts, like yeah. bench press um, or deadlift. Deadlift's not as fun. Um, I like legs. Yeah, I, I always dreaded leg day, but it was like a love hate relationship. Mm-hmm. You hate doing it, but the pain two days after is so worth it. Unfortunately, my legs are screwed because reasons. And I can't really do those types of things anymore. But yeah, like leg pressing, man, just like listening to Avenged Sevenfold and just like screaming and just like just pressing that weight. Yeah. It's such a good feeling. Nothing compares. Um, Yeah. I mean, it really depends on your philosophy of working out, though. If you like I really enjoy the pain. Not everyone does. Some people don't like being sore and that's a deterrent to them. I love the pain of it. I, I find it a good stress reliever. Mm-hmm. Not that I have a stressful job or anything, but uh, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. All right, let's see. What else did Travis ask here? Is breakfast really the most important meal of the day, Ryan? No. Yeah, I think it's... And I think it's perf- It's It's definitely dependent on the person. Yeah. Because... And it's dependent, too, on like what your goals are. Because if you want to do intermittent fasting and not eat until we eat between 11 and 8, dude, do that. Be you, all right? Be your person. Be you, whatever you want to do. But, like, for some people, they love eating every two to four hours or whatever. Mm -hmm. And if they want to have a small breakfast, a snack at 11, lunch at 1, another snack at 3, eat at 5, and then a snack before they go to bed, if that works for you, bro, do it. Yeah, it depends on if, like, you, you have to keep in mind how you metabolize things mm-hmm. like you can only consume so much protein and then it's basically like you're peeing out protein that's a very expensive pee that is. or like if you're not hydrated and your urine is yellow then you're just peeing away vitamins like those six vitamin gummies that i ate before this dude i <laughs> ate six as well <laughs> they recommended two but get out of here with that yeah so it's, it's gonna be i'm just gonna have a very expensive pee mm-hmm. um I like breakfast. It's not an important meal if you're eating like cereal or Pop-Tarts or whatever. Yeah. I usually have like, I mean, I had a rough morning the other day on Saturday. Wow, that was yesterday. I, know. I, I was up since like one o'clock because I drove my parents to the airport at like five o'clock. Yeah. So I went home and I had like a steak, a thing of pineapple because I went to Walmart at like 6.30 and... um some bread and like that's a decent meal but like if you're eating cereal that's just a bunch of sugar it's not important unless it's cheerios regular cheerios yeah. it was like a pound and a half steak nice. oh it was so good 
Nice. It's a lot um, of food. Travis goes on, Ryan. He says it's midnight. You're hungry, or he says you're hangry, A-F. What are you grabbing to eat? Other than a steak. Um, usually it's a chicken breast. Um, yeah. Because usually increasing your protein in your diet is... You can't go wrong with that. Carbs are. You can't go wrong with. Okay, fuck you. I'm grabbing some goldfish. I'm maybe going to grab a Pop-Tart. A bottle of vodka. And some Mike and Ike's. All right, gosh. Be a human No, usually once. it's a chicken... Probably a chicken breast and, like, some carrots or... Like, an apple... Apple apparently wakes you up quicker because of the vitamins in it than coffee. So I don't eat an apple, but usually carrots or something. Something yeah. lame. I'm grabbing some goldfish. All right, we're going on here. Well, I'm not used to having snacks. Like, the, I only have very certain things in my apartment. You need to so live a little man. I do. Like, going down the snack aisle. Yeah, I mean, it, seriously, treat yourself. Have some fun. Eat a Lunchable. I don't like fun. Eat a Lunchable, not because you had a oh, bad... Oh, I did. I, no, I, I know. L- listen to me. Eat a Lunchable, not because you had a bit bad day, but because you want one. No, I'm trying to figure out how, like, a different... Like, a... Because I think if a you... A different reward system... Than food. Yeah, because... Because you tie your dopamine to, like, food, which then, in, like, in reinforces bad habits. habits. Well, certainly if you so tie... So I need to figure out... If you tie stress levels to food, or whatever it is, it's just, yeah. it's just I just good. need a dog. Yeah, you need a dog. Moral of the story, get a dog. Yeah. And a new job. Chronolink <laughs> asks... You heard it here, Ryan. Favorite Who's Line cast member? He's giving it up for Colin... Mochi? Mochri. That wacky Canadian. Is that the, like, the guy who looks like Beaker? I have no idea. I've, like, never watched Whose Line Is It Anyway. I like the uh, tall guy who kind of looks like Beaker from the Muppets. Like, he's, like, a zany-looking white guy. Okay. Yeah, dude, I've, like, never watched that show. Or the shorter, weird-looking white guy. The black guy's really funny, too. I don't know any of their names. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan doesn't know people. <laughs> We're moving on. Whatever. Probably too late for the recording, but Alec wanted to try. Well, Alec, you got it in. You got it in. Even Thanks, though Travis. Even for your questions. Know. Well, that was Chronolink, not Travis. I thought we had Travis. We did. I never, I never thank Travis properly. Okay. Screw you, Travis. You're being replaced. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I am so tired today, and it's probably coming across in the podcast, so I am so sorry to all you people listening to the show. Uh, Rusty, we already edited out something where it didn't form a sentence. Yeah, it was just disgusting. Spoilers. And so... Uh, <laughs> We've had... We're we, gonna, everyone has bad days. Everybody right. makes mistakes. That's right, but we're above ground. That's all that matters. So, yeah. Ryan, what games have you been playing this week? Just, um, I haven't been in the mood to play games, so I played RuneScape Mobile. Now, how is that going? Because you have a smaller phone than I do. Uh, it's hard. It's really hard. Basically, the way that the launcher works, it doesn't work on a C drive, and I only have a C drive, and I either have to partition my hard drive, which I don't want to do because my computer's super old, mm-hmm. um, or I play it mobile. <laughs> Did you eat that Subway sub too fast? I did, and I'm like, I, that was a very Subway-tasting burp. Oh, that's disgusting. Um, yeah, so it, it's going. I made an old-school, it's old-school RuneScape, because in it, RuneScape 3, you can't play on mobile. Mm-hmm. And um, my character is, like, that talking. character. I'm going to grab some water. Oh, can you fill me up? Sure, I got you, bro. Thanks. 
So my character's name is I guess I'm back. <laughs> and uh, so I, that's going well. I have I got up to 40 in all the combats. By that I mean just melee. You should have named them relapse. Uh, yeah. And then um, I made an Iron Man character, which basically is you're self-sufficient. So you can't trade with anyone or anything. Um, so you have to do all your mining. You can't just mine ore to like smith. And that character's name is, I guess I'm Iron. <laughs> My naming scheme goes, because I'm coming from characters that are like future furry. Yeah. And like, I don't want to be a furry again. Like, I, it was a phase in my life. Even though you're hairier now than you probably ever have ever been. Yeah, it sucks being Armenian. Yeah. Someday I'll grow a beard, Ryan. Someday. Yeah, it's getting better. <laughs> it is. I mean, I shaved this morning, so there's clearly nothing there. Mm-hmm. But it's coming in faster. Good. I have to shave every two to three days. Otherwise, I go into work looking to have like a five o'clock shadow. I, the good I thing, have a little five o'clock shadow, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a little bit more than that going yeah, on. Yeah, I definitely do. I'm shaving today. But um, the, the thing I'm really thankful for, and I probably, my dad could grow a really good beard in high school. So thanks, dad. But um, <laughs> it comes in really full. It's not patchy. Because like, I have friends that work in their 30s. Who have like patchy like sides. Just, it just looks like pubes that are just growing out all over their face. And mm. like <laughs> mine grows very, you know, complete. Mm-hmm. So you'll have to give me some tricks about how to actually tighten it up to like make sure it comes in and it's not just growing all out here. You know, I Like need, this? Yeah, well, I need to find like a nice line where I kind of... Yeah, usually you trim like an inch or so around the jawline. Okay. It emphasizes. That's all what right. I would do if I were you. All right, maybe you can... Dude, can, I'll shave you, yeah, bro. I was about to say, you can just give me a nice shave. Are you are, like one of those like old-fashioned razors? Little knives at a barber yeah. shop with a little yeah. swirly on the outside? Yeah, we can uh, put you in a meat pie after I accidentally slit your throat. Perfect. I love that. You gotta love Sweeney Todd. That's right. That's actually one of Travis's like favorite movies. Is it? Yeah, he's a big, big Tim Burton fan. So the games that I've been playing this week, right? I played the South Park, The Fractured Butthole. Did you beat it yet? Last week. No, it's about 10 hours in and... I don't know. I can really play that raunchy, you know, crude humor so long before it's a little tiresome. My Adams. <laughs> My Adams. It was fun, and I'll probably go back to it at some point because I only have like five hours left to pump in it into it before it's it's finished. But uh, I picked up the Breath of the Wild, Legend of Zelda. Oh, nice! Again. The one. Oh yeah. On Switch. I thought you said I picked it up, and I was like, Did yeah, you no. buy a copy? No, or? I'm still borrowing. Games. Oh, okay. But uh, I put, I feel like this is a game that over the course of the rest of the year, I'm going to put in like one to three hours a week. Yeah. You know, just jump in, explore a bit, find a shrine, maybe clear a dungeon and then put it down because it, it's overwhelming. Like it's stressful to me and I don't like playing stressful games. It really is. I mean, I don't know what it is. I think you have to set goals for yourself. You do. You have to really figure out what you're going to accomplish going in, but it's also kind of hard to do that in a game that large without any kind of here, here's how, what I suggest so you don't get stressed playing a game that's relaxing and fun. Um, go and do all the towers. Mm-hmm. Just basically run around and you collect weapons along the way. And then you're supposed to then find the three or four or whatever, like, beasts. So I clear all the things so you can just teleport around. Yeah, that's what I need to do. That's kind of what I've been doing this week. It's such a beautiful game, and I enjoy exploring it. I think one of the things that might be causing the stress is when I play an open-world game like that, I prefer to be first-person because then I feel like I'm that person exploring. When I'm far zoomed out of Link, 
then I like realized like, oh my gosh, this world is so freaking huge. What am I supposed to do? And I also feel a little bit detached from the character. I don't feel like I'm as in, immersed in that world as I could be otherwise. Okay. Which is in no way saying it's a bad game. It's, it's a masterpiece of a game and I'm still enjoying it. But um, when I play those types of open world games, I guess what I'm saying is I prefer to be first person. Okay. But, I can understand that. But I'll get back to it. I mean, I'm just going to kind of, like I said, keep playing it week to week and making progress, plugging away slowly. Yeah. Something else I picked up, uh, I can't remember when I picked that up, actually. I think it was when I picked up Toy Story 3 at Best Buy, uh, like a week ago. I picked up <laughs> Return to Arkham yeah. on PS4. So this has Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, the two Batman games made by Rocksteady from the last console generation. And I am loving my return to Arkham Asylum, which was yeah. the first game. And so when this game first came out in, I don't know, 2008, 2009, somewhere around there, it really just shattered all expectations because previously, superhero games, they were a dime a dozen. You know, there, there were your, uh, your Spider-Man 2s, there were your uh, Superman 64s, I suppose. There was nothing that really hit, <laughs> you know? They were yeah. kind of just, oh, that was an okay game. But Arkham Asylum like really changed and really set the bar for what superhero games could be. Yeah. And Arkham City was very much the same, but it opened it up, as the name would imply, to a city. the city. And it was much more open world, much more freedom about where you could go. Whereas Asylum, as the name would imply, was very corridor-based. Yeah. You know, that you had a set objective where you could go. And once you kind of escape the insane asylum and you're out on the grounds, you have a little bit more freedom to explore those areas. Yeah. But you still have a set objective on where you need to go. And it kind of guides you. And even Batman, voiced by Kevin Conroy, of course, will say if you go off the beaten path, like, hey, I'm supposed to go to the mansion and do this. You know, he'll remind you. Um, Lauren's... Uh, Lauren's texting me. Anything important? She wants to go while the while the aunt and uncle are there. Really? Yeah. Balls. So, I'll talk about the games I've been playing. We'll cut. Okay. Lauren, why? <laughs> We're not going to do this on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, and really what I also like about this is that uh, it, it's kind of a, a callback to the Super Metroid style of play. Okay. So, as you're going through certain areas in the asylum... You'll see areas on the ceiling where there's vents that you can't get to yet, but once you get an upgrade to the bat claw, you can shoot the bat claw and rip the vent off, go up there, and probably find like a Riddler trophy, trophy okay. which are like these little collectibles scattered across the map. And so that part makes it, there's just a lot of replayability there yeah. because you have these little Riddler trophies that you can collect and you need a particular device or item to actually be able to collect that. Okay. Which is really neat. And it's just a really fun game. Graphically, it looks incredible. It kind of uh, revolutionized combat and hand-to-hand -hand combat in games because uh, now it's a thing in the Shadow of Mordor games. It's a Spider-Man thing as far as that. Like the little, the little light above your head. Or alert whatever. above an enemy's head to counter. And just, yeah, the fighting style is very reminiscent of Shadow of Mordor and stuff like that because they borrowed from the Arkham games. Mm -hmm. So... I'm looking forward to playing through it and finishing it. I got through about 50, 60% of the story yesterday. It's a relatively short game. I don't know if I'll go right into Arkham City or not, but I bought Arkham Knight, which is the third game in the trilogy that Rocksteady finished off. 
and that is uh, it's a lot more open world than City is, but you get to have the Batmobile, which yeah. is really neat. That looks cool. So I'm looking forward to playing more. Someone I tweeted about it, and someone said that someone that played uh, Jedi Fallen Order, the Star Wars game by EA, mm-hmm. is also plays very similar to Asylum, where it's a lot more quarter based. It's not open world, but it's Metroidvania-esque in the sense that you'll get upgrades later on that you can revisit those areas and either find collectibles or just reach areas you previously could not. That's cool. So if that's the case, then I'm really looking forward to playing it. Yeah. But Lauren's looking over my shoulder. You guys want to talk about something. So we're going to cut in the podcast. You guys will know the difference because I'm an editing genius. So we'll be back. God, you born jerk. We're back, folks. And is that? I just want to apologize in advance that Rusty's not feeling it today. He's struggling. He's on the struggle bus. He hasn't slept much. He's over-caffeinated. Things aren't going well. But you know what? We're going to push through because... Do you have caffeine? We want to do this for you guys. Yeah, there's some coffee over there. Uh, we'll get it later. Hey, tool sack, can you get me a cup of coffee? So, thanks. Lauren went to Japan, of course, and she brought back some interesting things. And one of her co-workers uh, gave her this four-pack of Jello, and in the Jello is uh, shapes. Shapes. <laughs> one of them's a fish. One of them was a lemon. One of them was a crab. And one of them was a what, Lauren? A leaf. A leaf. Um, so we just tried the fish or the, uh, the lemon one, and I spit no. it out. It was kind of gross. Well, because it looked like you had cubes of ham <laughs> yeah. in it. And uh, it didn't. It just had cubes that broke into little other cubes. So this one like lemon. looks like it has a little fishy on the top, like a little Nemo, and then almost like a green little olive or sphere on the bottom of it. So Ryan and I are going to try this live on the podcast. Do you want to try some? Get a spoon. If we start hurling, don't worry about it. You want to split the spear with me? That's all I do. You sure? Lauren's here too. She's trying this. Say hello, Lauren. Hi. All right. It smells... Oh, fuck. (laughs) You saw the table. It's very slippery. It looks like a grape almost. It smells like a Jolly Rancher, like a green Jolly Rancher. We're just afraid that it was going to taste like a fish. (laughs) All right. All right. Go. Go. It tastes like a green Jolly Rancher. Mm, that's good. That's really good. I'm taking more of this. Try the sphere. Try the fish. Eat the fish. I'll eat the fish. Don't tell me what to do. It's slap the, the fish. fish. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Want to eat the fish? Yeah. Let's see what the fish tastes like. Even though they're those, like, Plastic. Jelly things that you eat, and then you just, like, they look like this, but smaller. No, it's not a very good Yes. Description. They also have those, like, what? I just remember. Do you remember milk bags? <laughs> no. How's the fish taste? I might just repeat that. Maybe eat half the lemon. It doesn't have a taste. I, I taste mostly the like the green apple Jello. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's really good. Well, are you gonna eat the rest of that? No. Just suck it down. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a Jello shot of Jolly Rancher. All right, Ryan. What do you say we um? We get cracking on these 10 hypotheticals. Sounds good. Hey, Lauren, we're banishing you again. We love you. Love you, Okay. Again, hopefully uh, hopefully this will pick up and I won't be as dead when I'm talking. And I'll be able bro. To, I'll be able to form Suck sentences. some coffee down. Mm, let me do some Space Jam. Mm. All right. Mm, it's good. Get this up. All right. Ryan. Caffeine is the nectar of the gods. It is. From what I've read. I think so. The freewheeling architect, Ryan, is the first one here. You ready for this? Yes. 
You were close friends with a wonderful 30-year-old woman who has never been in a romantic relationship. At long last, Ryan, she meets a man she seems to like. And who likes her? He's 35, a successful architect, relatively attractive, and refreshingly unguarded. In fact, he's so unguarded that during the first meal you ever share with him, he stoically tells the entire table a stunning story. This is the antidote. When I was 12 years old, I was playing with my neighbor on a railroad bridge near our home. No one else was around. We got into an argument, and I pushed him off the bridge, killing him instantly. I told everyone it was an accident, but he's still my holographic Charizard, and uh, <laughs> I pushed him off in retaliation. But I knew what I was doing. At the time, I truly wanted to kill him. Now, in retrospect, it was obviously wrong. But I didn't have the five fire energies to use the Charizard. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had not killed that person. But that was 23 years ago. I got another Charizard on eBay. <laughs> Little kids do crazy things. You know how it goes. Oh, gee whiz. <laughs> uh. The next day, your female friend asks if she should continue pursuing this relationship. How do you advise her? How old was the kid? He was 12 when it happened. Was that like fifth grade? Is, how old is 12? I think you're like in sixth grade, right? Because you're like Cause 13, because you're like, I was 14 when I got my job my freshman year of uh, high school. Mm. Wow. So yeah, you're like in sixth grade. Okay. I could have killed someone in sixth grade. I uh, yeah, no. If I was like six, maybe. I, I stoned a kid in like the third grade. Why? He stole my jars. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, um, I was, he was standing on a stump and I don't know why. Apparently I, I beat him in a garage with a stick. Dude, what the heck is wrong with and you? And then I wasn't allowed to play with him. And then he was like standing on a stump and I chucked a rock at him and like I cracked his head open. Yikes. So maybe I should be a part of this story. Yeah. Um, uh, whoa. I gave him a giant crazy bone though because I thought that would make oh, it better. Oh, that totally. And then he like, he got his head glued back together. And He's fine. Humpty yeah. Dumpty. He's better again. Better, better, better. Dude, then he stole one of my girlfriends again? and... She cheated on me. Oh, it's so that guy. he got his revenge. Yeah. So, um, let's see. As far as sixth grade, uh, probably not. That's probably not a good sign. No. And I'd be worried about future abuse to my female friend here mm -hmm. that I'm close friends with. So, yeah, I would definitely advise her to get the heck out of there before they get any romantically more involved. Or he's a go-getter and he knows what he wants. That's true, too. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted that Charizard back. No, I, I'd probably let her know. Yeah. And make, let her make the decision. Yeah, just probably just, just throwing it out there. Your uh, new boyfriend uh, killed a guy. Yeah, Rusty's getting some more coffee. Have you had water today? Yeah. Okay, what's the ratio? Coffee to water ratio. Don't worry about it. Don't even worry about it, bro. Don't even worry about it. Rusty's not lifting today. All right, so I definitely advise the person that, yeah, she probably needs to really analyze the situation and think about, has he shown any other signs of abrasiveness, aggression? Mm -hmm. Is he a little unhinged? And if he is, get out of there. And just don't go over bridges on walks. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And uh, the next one, Ryan. All right. The Cannibal's Quandary. Oh. Okay. You're in a plane crash in the Andes Mountains. Not unlike those people from the movie Alive. Dad is getting some... Okay, I don't know. Mom just texted the group. Oh, Dad was saying he... So our parents just went out to Oregon. Yeah. And uh, 
you they're going to climb a mountain. And he dad was like, There's some really good soil out here. Oh, like gosh. lots of place to plant stuff. <laughs> Yikes. So you should have brought your some of your hostas. Alright, let's try and get one through the, one of these cards without interruptions. You were in a plane crash in the Andes Mountains. Not unlike those people from the movie Alive. Or I suppose like the nineteen seventy two um Uruguayan Uruguayan rugby team who experienced this situation in reality. As such, you will be forced to consume the human flesh of the people who died on impact. This will be a terrible experience. Like but a Dahmer party? But it's the only way for you to survive. Fortunately, you didn't know any of the victims personally. Now, Ryan, the question. Would you rather eat a dead baby or would you rather eat a dead elderly person? A dead baby. Why? Why not? Elderly person's going to have a hell of a lot more meat. Yeah, but I feel like it's like you leave meat out for a while. Do you want something more fresh? Oh, that's and disgusting. Wiggly. That's disgusting. <laughs> I'm, I'm just picturing Smeagol like bashing that fish on the rock. Oh yeah. No. Okay. So um, here, there's more to the question. Oh, there is. Would gender play a role in the selection process? And how much would it bother you if this meat turned out to be delicious? First of all, <laughs> why do we have to bring gender up with everything? No, that doesn't have anything to do with it, right? Well, I mean. Maybe you want fast twitch muscles versus slow twitch muscles. What? And then you get like race involved because generally black people have more fast twitch muscles in their legs, which is why they're better sprinters. And like white people have more slow twitch muscles, which is more like for endurance. Hmm. I mean, this is science, right? So we're not, we shouldn't be offending science anyone. Science isn't racist. Yeah. Data's data. I don't think gender should play a role in this at all. No, it would just be the... I think guy, guys and girls have very different formations of how the fat cells are. Mm-hmm. As far as muscle, I think muscle is muscle, mm-hmm. besides those two different types. Yeah, so like guys don't get cellulite because girls' fat cells are circular, and guys are more... Uh, like squares, essentially. Okay. So that's why you have the like the bubbling effect. Yeah. Interesting science stuff, but I'd probably do a male baby. Yikes! Uh, I, whatever elderly people are, are out there, I guess I'm coming for you. I don't know what to say here. <laughs> like, <laughs> regardless of your gender, race doesn't matter to me. But uh, interesting question. Interesting question. I guess the latter part of that, though, if you if it turns out to be a delicious, you're I, saved. You I come heard back. it's pretty gamey. Okay, regardless of that, if it's delicious, you go back, you're living at home, are you going to have cravings to eat human flesh again? No, probably not. Um, I like low-cost meat, and I feel like it'd be really expensive to get human flesh to Yeah, like life prison sentence? Yeah, that's probably a little bit too yeah, costly. Yeah, so like $1.99 for Walmart chicken is like, I'm cool with that. Like, yeah. I don't need to go searching, like, say you croak. And you just do a closed casket, and I can eat you because you're a good friend. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> what kind of music would you have playing in the background if you were eating me, Ryan? Uh, I want it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Some Backstreet Boys? Yeah, and there's like salt in your wound as I'm cutting off your legs. Okay, that's disgusting. Body versus mind, Ryan. The next question. You ready for this? Sure. I don't think you are. You're given a choice between two rewards. The first reward is to be twice as intelligent as you are right now. Okay, mm. you will be able to read twice as fast and remember remember twice as much. The size of your vocabulary will double, and you'll be able to solve intellectual problems with twice your current ap- aptitude. <sighs> the second reward is that you will never again feel sick, even when you are, and you can always be whatever weight you want, regardless of what you eat or how little you exercise. 
You can simply imagine the body you would like to have, and that is the weight you will magically become. Wait, those are two options or all one option? Those are two options. Either the intelligence or, you know, you're smoking hot all the time. I'd want the intelligence. Me too. I'd rather work for for my my body. Yeah, because I enjoy the... It's all about the journey. Yeah, exactly. Uh, No, I enjoy the exercise as like a stress reliever. Mm -hmm. Well, that was a struggle to get that word out. I think it was pretty good. I mean, was compared it? to how I've been talking the past 35 minutes. <laughs> I was minutes, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Um, no, I, the process of like lifting and stuff is entertaining to me. It is. And, and you said it's like, it's it feels good to get sweaty and gross and then take a warm shower. But if I had it instantaneously, it doesn't really solve anything. Yeah. But like intelligence, that would be useful and you can put that to work as you're lifting. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Reading yeah. books, lifting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather do the intelligence as well. So, good stuff. I like that one. All right, Ryan. This next one, stereotypical Jesus. Oh, okay. You die from natural causes. You ascend toward a warm white light. You immediately realize you have entered the afterlife, and much to your surprise, it is exactly like the cliched kindergarten version of Christian heaven. The ground is covered by a white cloud-like fog. Bunch of virgins. Angels fly around you and play the harp. Little cherubs are tickling your cheeks. You are wearing a... Com- I just added that part. You are wearing a comfortable white robe. Everyone there is aimlessly walking around, smiling broadly, perfectly content. That is... Or this, it seems, is how you will spend eternity. Upon your arrival, you are greeted by Jesus, and he looks exactly like the stereotypical depiction of Jesus. Very Welcome white. To- <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to heaven, Eastern. he says. I think you will like it here, and I look forward to loving you unconditionally for the duration of time. But I also realize that heaven isn't necessarily for everyone, so I always give newcomers a chance to go to the uh, the other place, if that's what you would prefer. Uh, are you referring to hell, you say in response? Oh no, says Jesus. Not hell. Certainly not hell. I would never send you to hell. But you can go somewhere that isn't here. It's another viable post-life option. About 18% of our, uh, our potential residents go in that direction. And it's quickly growing as a percentage. What is the other place like, you ask? Ask. I can't tell you, says Jesus, but if you do elect to go there, you can never come back from here. And you only have 20 minutes to decide. Why only 20, you ask? <laughs> because I'm Jesus, says Jesus. <laughs> what do you do? I'd go to the other place. I would too. I think it's more of a curiosity thing. And if it's not hell, then it's at least somewhere between heaven and hell. So maybe there's a happy medium. Like earth yeah no um i mean depends on how you want to interpret hell i'd probably even choose hell over heaven um because yeah well okay so there's two kind of outlooks it's either absence of god or there's like burning for eternity and torture and stuff so let's both of which are not in the old testament let me paint a picture for you let's just say what if and i'm just again completely going off the bible off card and everything that's said what if hell for every person was their worst nightmare and they'd be reliving that over and over again so for you you'd constantly be trapped in a car that's filling up with water and you were constantly with spiders constantly trying to look around for a a hammer to smash through so you would get up but you never actually it just kept descending and water forever for the rest of eternity just kept slowly rising and spiders were crawling all over you you'd prefer that over see that's <laughs> Technically, not what the Bible says, but no, I know, but like I'm I would saying. not like that. Yeah, any of that. Yeah, uh, no, I definitely. I mean, the idea of like heaven being a place of just worship the entire time—that is really boring. 
I'd take the other like option that isn't laid out. Mm-hmm. Like I get really bored, like being happy all the time. Well, you also get bored fidgeting like a crazy person over there when we're trying. Am to Am I still the fidgeting? Podcast. No, you're pretty good today. I'm proud of you. Yeah. What's, yeah. What's up, fidget? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because I guess in my opinion, like happiness isn't happiness if that's the status quo. Like you have to have sadness to make happiness be relevant. Sure. I mean, it's like the Truman Show. Everything's perfect and seems to be all giddy when when you break the fourth wall and figure out that you're in a TV show and life isn't always perfect, then it's like Buzz Lightyear figuring out that he's not... I do really like that. It's like Buzz Lightyear figuring out he's not an actual superhero when he sees the commercial and then his her, his whole life is flipped upside down and he tries to jump off of a uh, the staircase <laughs> listening to Rennie Newman's... Trying to commit suicide. Song, as a yeah. They are dark if you think about them. They are. Stars. They're very dark. Oh. Coffee, acid no. reflex. No, it was like Subway coffee. Oh. Jello shots. Acid that reflex. Yeah, Japan. that was part, part of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'd go to the other place. Okay, me too. This And is I a- just want to get anally fisted by Satan. Okay, <laughs> we're moving on. This is actually a really fun one. I enjoy this one because I did this with uh, Alec and Zach on the Tarker on oh, podcast. Nice. Link in the show notes for the Tarker on podcast. Please check it out. Good, good people. Underground dream house is the question Ooh. here. Imagine your dream house, Ryan, whatever this house may be. Think of all the details you would like this home to possess, including furniture. You're suddenly given the opportunity to trade wherever you live now for this hypothetical home, and your mortgage will be whatever you currently pay. Do you have to pl- pay property taxes? Why don't you listen to the whole card, please? Okay. <laughs> the home will be in roughly the same location as your current residence. However, there is one odd caveat. This quote-unquote dream home is buried two miles underground. When you look out at the windows, you'll see only dirt. In order to enter the residence, you will have to take an elevator that travels down the two-mile shaft at high speed. It's about a five-minute trip. The elevator wow. is comfortable, and there's a staff located above ground that provides 24-7 maintenance on the elevator. If something breaks or goes wrong with the elevator... You will be rescued immediately. Would you accept this underground dream home? I would not. This is for the same reasons I wouldn't let uh, Travis be mauled by a bear. That was my argument it's when I was on the, the Tarkaround podcast. The lack of sunlight or like the claustrophobia. Um, yeah, I, I would end up going insane. Yeah, I would too. And like killing everyone if other people live with me and like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I was thinking, like, what would I have in my dream house? And I'd probably have... The sun. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't be too over-the-top huge, but I'd have enough room to have... A herd of dogs. A jam room where I'd have, you know, a guitar, drum set, a nice keyboard set, um, framed records of all of my favorite bands signed by the, all the band members and stuff like that. Just a really cool music studio that I could record music in. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to play instruments, but if I'm two miles under freaking ground, I'm going to learn. I would have probably like, you know, five to eight dogs running around. And I'd have a nice pool with cool lighting and everything like that. Nice jacuzzi, maybe a basketball court, really sick workout room. I'd have an entertainment room with some arcade machines, yeah. all my favorite retro games set up looking real hot. Got a nice little N64 there, always ready to play some Diddy Kong Racing. You know what I'm saying? I'd have like a cool kitchen with all kinds of really unique little um, devices to cook all my interesting little meals. But uh, yeah, I, there's no way I'd trade any of that for sunlight and being two miles underground away from humanity. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, it, it's really, I guess, what's his name? Not Mark Hamill. Harrison Mark Ford? Wahlberg. Yeah. That would kind of be my dream house, would be his. Dude, his workout room is crazy awesome. Yeah. Um, but that's his, like, $15 million house or something stupid. Um, underground, though, I think, yeah, it's the lack of sunlight. I mean, I go stir-crazy when Lauren wasn't here and we live at the other place because that, to me, was kind of dungeon-like in that even if I had the windows open, there wasn't enough natural sunlight coming in. And when I flicked on the lights, the overhead lights weren't very bright. So even when those were on, I just felt so isolated from everything, Yeah. especially sunlight, and I just got very depressed. I mean, when Lauren went to Japan for the first time, I went to a bar like five nights out of the week because I just didn't want to be by myself. Yeah. It wasn't like I was drinking heavily. I just wanted to be around other people. Yeah, so I was listening to something where they actually did a test of, or they were talking about how you deal with like drugs or um, like... The, we're, I mean, we have an opioid crisis in the United States right now, mm-hmm. right? And how do you deal with that? And they're talking about, I, th- I think it was Portugal. It was one of the P countries over in Europe. Um, they ended up legalizing everything, like cocaine and stuff, based off of the study of rats where they basically had um, two water bottles for this like experiment. So it was one that had heroin in it and one that was just regular water. Mm-hmm. And they put these rats in there. And they ended up always drinking the heroin water, and then they died. So then the other experiment was they had heroin water and regular water, and then they built this rat utopia, kind of like like very vibrant city for rats, had a bunch of other rats in the thing, a bunch of rats to have sex with. And they found that the rats didn't drink the heroin water. They always drank the regular water. So it was actually, it's not... Like, the method you go about it is not punishing the person who drank or, like, does the heroin, which is what we do now. Mm-hmm. Put them in jail. You legalize everything, and you emphasize community. Mm. And they found that, like, after the first year, I think, in Portugal, like, half the drugs, or like, the they cut down by half. That's really interesting. So it's about, like, putting them back into community as opposed to, like, punishing them and, like... Basically not allowing them to get a job after because you criminalize it so much. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the same thing with the mindset of outlawing guns or outlawing alcohol. Everyone's going to find a way to get that, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I don't, again, whether or not the, the answer in the United States is to make all of that legal or not, I, I don't really, I can't no, I, it was, really respond to that. But I think it was prioritizing, yeah, prioritizing community and knowing that there are people there for you and just living amongst other people instead of feeling like you're alone and isolated and your only way to break away from that isolation is using yeah then so that that's why like being underground and stuff it, that lack of community i become a drug addict like, yeah I right so that, that that's you guess the point i was making yeah. was having light or not being like a cave kind of dungeon apartment yeah like yours and my old place with the lack of like sunlight and openness. Because yeah. that's the sad thing is even with all of that stuff, I'd probably lock myself in a room, cry, listen to depressing music, and be pacing back and forth because I wouldn't have anyone there to share it with. I'd just be... And even yeah. if Lauren was there, I'd still be freaking out. Yeah, because you find that like stuff doesn't really make you happy. No, it doesn't. Yeah. I or mean, like you, you can go to Walmart and buy Pokemon cards and a steak, but sometimes it just doesn't help. <laughs> like No, it doesn't. The the they found... 
that um, the square footage that each person owns has significantly be been going up in the United States over these like I guess last twenty years or whatever, but the loneliness of people have been also steadily increasing. Mm-hmm. So the correlation, not necessarily causation, but the correlation between the two is stuff does make you happy. Yeah, I mean, it's, and again, he doesn't listen to the podcast, so I'm not afraid to bring it up, but like my dad, right? He's been divorced twice. He lives in this gargantuan house that's like five rooms that realistically like 12 to 15 people could probably live in. Mm-hmm. And he lives in a, with by himself with a five pound dog. Yeah. And I think it's very much like a loneliness aspect and a coping mechanism to live in this house. I'm not going to get into the details, but I, again, it's, yeah, I think we've... What was the original question? I don't oh, know. the it's underground thing. Living in, I was like, I was, as I was talking and explaining rats, I was like, what the hell was the question? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to the next card, Ryan. Yeah. The tumor. You have a brain tumor. Okay. Though there's no discomfort at the moment, this tumor will unquestionably kill you in six months. However, your life can and will be saved by an operation. The only downside is that there will be a brutal incision on, uh, to your frontal lobe. After the surgery, surgery, you will be significantly less intelligent. You'll still be able to fully function. You'll still be a fully functioning adult. You'll be less logical. You'll have a terrible memory, and you'll have the little ability to understand complex concepts or difficult ideas. The surgery is in two weeks. How do you spend the next fourteen days? I don't think this question is giving you the option to not have the surgery because I'd rather just die, honestly. I would rather die in six months. Yeah. So <laughs> we. So that, that's this. This isn't giving us that option. We're getting oh, the so surgery have regardless. To get... What do you do in those two weeks? Seppuku. What's that? Suicide. Oh, oh like the Japanese. <laughs> yeah, cutting. abdomen cutting. Um, there's no good way. Like, I think the whole thing of. Alzheimer's is terrifying. Like death is not really a scary thing. It's abstract because no one knows what's on the other side. Mm-hmm. Or if there is anything, it's just kind of like pre-existing, just nothingness. Yeah. Um, the concept of dying, my biggest fear of dying, it's not so much death, but the deterioration of me getting up to that point. Yeah. So like... Having to, like, my loved ones see me deteriorate. Mm-hmm. Um, Alzheimer's runs in my family, so I'm going to slowly lose my mind. Yeah. Like, as my brain breaks down. And th- this question is basically, you're going to be in that Alzheimer's state for the rest of your life from 26 or 27 on. Mm-hmm. Um, what you do until then, well, it doesn't really matter because you're going to forget it in two weeks. Yeah, it's right. Um so regardless of what happens in those two weeks, very much like one flew over the cuckoo's nest, I'd probably have you come over here, put a pillow on my face, kill me, suffocate me, and then I'd force you to throw my TV through that window and just jump out of it like the Native American dude does. And Have you ever seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? It was a long time ago. Yeah, well, what's his face? Jack Nicholson has a lobotomy, mm-hmm. basically, because he's nuts. And after that, well, before he tells his buddy... I, like, I want you to kill me when this happens because I don't want to live like this. I don't want to be a vegetable. Yeah. So he puts a pillow in his face and then he throws like a TV through the, win- like, the window and he jumps out and this big Sasquatch guy just like walks out and that's like the end of the movie. It's a great movie. It's like one of my favorites. But all of that to say, getting back to this question, in those two weeks, what would I do? I think I would just, just try and experience as much as I could with the people I care about most. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really all you can do, right? No, I, I definitely agree. I would not want to live that way. 
Yeah. I mean, I'd probably go to Disney World because that's just the happiest place on earth. I'd spend, like, would you even remember it? I wouldn't. They but, would remember you in that state. But then it's, it's kind of like, okay, do I just sit here because no, I'm not going to remember it anyway, so I'll just sit on the couch and watch cartoons. Like, no. Because not only is this for you, it's for the people you love. Yeah. The, yeah. You know? And so you want them to have great memories of you. So then do you see those people again? That's the next question. Do you see those people again when you're in that state? Or do you allow them to live with you cemented as those last two weeks. Cause then it's like the seeing your loved ones in a hospital when they're like close to death. Or do you remember them when they're up and running around in your backyard with you? Yeah. And selfishly, I would tell Lauren to like give me over to the state and just lock me in a facility where she never sees me again. Cause I don't want to see, I don't want her to live and see a shell of my former and self. And then is it more painful for her to know that you're somewhere alone suffering or is it more like the cost benefit of her seeing you like that? I would hope she would think in her mind, as hard as it would be, that that's not the Rusty I knew anymore. He's that's not him. He's gone. He the Rusty I knew is dead. As, okay. You know that's a hard pill to swallow. But it's very much similar to like, like I've not my direct grandparents, but I have like my aunt. Mm-hmm. Her mom has Alzheimer's, and. I mean, she can't even speak anymore. She's so just doesn't remember anything. But it was a slow progression. I remember one Christmas where she knew who everyone was. We came back the next Christmas. She was forgetting who her her grandson was. And then the Christmas after that, she was just a vegetable. She didn't know who my aunt was. She didn't know who anyone was. And so at that point, she's not my grandma. I'll just hypothetically. My grandma's not my grandma anymore. She died once. She lost her memory. Yeah. She's a, she's a shell of her former self. And... Very much like myself, I wouldn't want Lauren, my dad, you, anyone to interact with me because they would just have to look at me and remember who I once was and now who I am. And that would just be depressing. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd probably ask you to kill me. Yeah. Thank you, swear it, bro. Dude, if, I, if we if become I... vegetables, can you kill me? Yeah, I'll kill you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, pull out the, uh, and the, then old, the old head. And then is doctor-assisted suicide a good thing? That's the next thing. Find out uh, next week on Otaku Brothers. I think it has its merits. Yeah. In situations like this. You got only done one. humanely. Oh, my, my headphones are acting really weird. God, that one got deep. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty intense. I'm going to my water real quick. Okay, I'm going to read this next one. You good? Uh, yeah, I just won't listen. You're the boss. One morning, you awake and immediately feel strange. You get out of bed and realize that you're inside a posh hotel room you've never seen before. There's an attractive red-headed stranger sleeping in the bed alongside you. You frantically get up and rush into the bathroom. You look into the mirror. Much to your utter amazement, the image looking back at you is Bruce Springsteen. Somehow, you have magically become Bruce Springsteen. You start thinking to yourself, and the voice you hear is Springsteen's speaking voice. You quietly sing to yourself, and it sounds like Springsteen's singing voice. You walk back into your hotel room and see an acoustic guitar. You attempt to play it, but your musicianship is identical to how it was when you were your previous self. In other words, you have Bruce Springsteen's physical body and vocal cords, but you have your own mind and skills, and all of your experiences and memories are unchanged. Your knowledge of Springsteen's lyrics and the details of his personal life are the same as they always were. You are inside Springsteen, but you are still yourself. Your brain is unchanged. You open the door of the hotel room and see a copy of the Los Angeles Times. You flip to the entertainment section and discover that Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band are scheduled to perform a concert that night at the Staples Center. Shit. What do you do in this situation? How do you proceed? 
I want to preface this by saying this Alec, give me anxiety. <laughs> Alec, Chronolink 9, 1, and Zach, if you're listening, I think this is a card you guys have not done. So I'm sorry I read that without giving you guys the warning. I struggle to follow the ones you have and have not done. So I'm sorry if you, uh, I guess the rest of these, just move forward with caution. Ryan, what do you do in this situation? Dude, that's stressful. I think the first thing I would do is, okay, so I'm in Los Angeles. Rusty lives in the state he lives in. I would, I know my phone number. I would try calling my phone number and be like, uh, Bruce, are you in, are you in some young dude's body, like with glasses? And <laughs> yeah, so we probably should figure this out. Cancel the show. I'm sick, whatever. Not a big deal. Refund the tickets. Or that, or, um, have him come be your like guitar dude. I guess oh, you, just like, hey, can... this is my, my nephew. Uh, he's going to play guitar and, uh, yeah. yeah. Say- and then you'd get famous. Yeah. And then when you switch back, if that's a possibility, then you'd be famous as well. Right. Yeah. And you make you, it betters two people. That's right. That's You're right. not screwed in another dude's body and, uh, new, old you is good as well. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Good. We're all good then. That's really stressful, though. It, like well, Some of these are just so wordy that the more words just start to stress you out and you don't remember what the heck the actual question is. What's the idea of, like, I have a bunch of obligations? Like, um, Freaky Friday, where they switch. Yeah. And, like, say I was a lawyer and, like, I switched into, like, a body that had to go to court. People would die. Or, like, death penalty because you have no legal yeah. whatever. Knowledge. Yo, judge, what's up? Uh, I don't think he's guilty because, you know, stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay. Disbarred. Yeah. Joe Sixpack is this next one. Okay. You were placed in the un- unenviable position of having to compete for the right to stay alive. Ah. You will be matched against a person of your own gender in a series of five events. An 800 meter run, a game of Scrabble, a three round boxing match, a debate over the legalization of late term abortion scored and officiated by reputable collegiate judges in the math portion of the SAT. In order to survive, you must win at least three of these events. Your opponent will be playing for his or her life as well. However, you kind of get to pick your opponent. You can either A, compete against a person selected at random, so that could be a child, an infant, an adult, an elderly person, you don't know, or B, compete against someone who is exactly like you. If selected at random... The individual could be of any age or skill level. I guess it says he or she might be an infant with Down syndrome, but this person might also be an academic All-American linebacker from Notre Dame. (laughs) If you pick the average human, he or she will precisely be your age and will have an identical level of education. The person will be a perfect cross-section of your particular demographic. He or she will be of average height and of average weight with a standard IQ and the most normative life experience imaginable. So, Ryan... Whom do you select, or perhaps more accurately, do you feel that you are better than an average version of yourself? What were the events? Sorry, like how many were physical and how many were intellectual? 800 meter run. Okay. Game of Scrabble. Three round boxing match. Debate over the legalization of late term abortion. And the math portion of the SAT. Oh, I got this. Yeah? I'd go against an average person. Which is the random sample. Or is that what... So you either... Someone's selected at random, so that's when it could be an infant. Okay. Or you do um, 
against someone who's exactly like you. Except average. Yeah. Okay. yeah they, they like have, average statistics. There's no discernible difference between you and that person other than personality and whatnot. So they... So... You said, like, is that the second one, the average IQ? Yeah, I think so. Uh, let's see here. Um, if selected at random, the individual could be of any age or skill level. Um, the person will be, if you pick the average human, he or she will be precisely your age and will have an identical level of education. It'll be a perfect cross section of your demographic, average height, average weight, standard IQ. Okay. So I would do the standard IQ one because like, so the average version of yourself, the average version of me. Yeah. Cause I'm above average. And you think you could win in three or five of those events? Probably not Scrabble because I suck at spelling. Okay. Um, boxing. Depends on how heavy of a punch you throw. Yeah. Um, Debate so over the legalization of late-term abortion. I could do that. Okay. And um, math portion of the SAT. I can do that. Okay. Yeah. Because I know based off of IQ tests, I'm not... Because uh, the standard IQ is 100 for, I guess, my demographic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm above that. Okay. So... As far as spelling, suck at that. Probably the sprint. 800 800 meters is twice around a lap. That's, I'd be dead. Yeah. Like, unless I come up again. I mean, average weight and height, I don't know. I mean, if I'm running for my life, I guess, I suppose I could uh, outrun someone. But considering that other person is also running for their life. Yeah. They're going to be giving me a run for their money. For my money. I, I would bank on the boxing and the intellectual stuff. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. I think I would probably do the same. Because I don't want to, you know, find out in a boxing match against Tom Cruise. Like, I just I don't want that to happen. Yeah, you know? or Mike Tyson. Yeah. Um, the Courier, Ryan, is this next one. I think these are actually our ones that um, Alec and Zach have done, if I remember oh, correctly. Cool. You were offered a strange job by a New York-based company. Every morning at 6 a.m., a car service will come to your home and drive you to JFK Airport, 40 minutes from your residence. You will then take an 8 a.m. business class flight to Los Angeles, arriving at roughly 11.30 a.m. You'll be picked up at the airport and driven to a Burbank office, where you will hand-deliver three innocuous but unfaxable documents to the corporation's president. You'll then be driven straight back to LAX, where you will immediately catch a return flight to New York. Another car will pick you up at the New York airport at 9 p.m. and return to your home in New York City. This is what you would do every day, five days a week. Wake up in New York fly five and a half hours to Los Angeles, and then immediately five, fly five and a half hours back. You have to wear dress clothes, but your lunches can be expensed, and you would have no other responsibilities while flying, i.e. no emails, nothing on a laptop. The pay would be a 10% increase from what you currently earn, but they would never, or, but they would need a three-year commitment. So after three years, you can leave if you wanted to. Would you take this job? Hell no. That sounds miserable. 10% is nothing. I would need like a 50 or 75% increase in my salary. I don't, I don't think I would do it for less than double what I'm doing now. Yeah. I think like, the same. Because I need stimulation. And like, even if I'm on 10 the 10 fl- hours on the plane every day? Yeah. Like, that's the same way with like playing video games. Like, I would not want to play video games for 10 hours a day. No. For three years. No. Like, five days a week. That's basically what I would be doing. Yeah. And it'd only be handhelds, yeah. right? With a Switch. Yeah. Which is, I guess, technically handheld. Technically handheld. Um, so there's no way. Like, I don't even think it would be worth a double. Like, I don't know if I would... the only thing that I could potentially 
get on board with is if I got frequent flyer on board miles. A plane. <laughs> what's it? Oh, uh, yeah. If <laughs> if yeah, if I got frequent flyer miles and I rack those up over a three year period, then Lauren and I have like fifteen vac- vacations banked. Yeah, we could go anywhere in the world. Probably no questions but asked. Like as you get no physical movement. Like you would be, hey, here's these documents, fly back. Yeah, no, I mean it. It would be like, rough, but. If I got double what I was paying, frequent flyer miles, and I'd really have to get creative with how I would spend my time over those 10 hours a day of flying, you know. Like even reading books and stuff. Books, podcasts, music. I'd really have to broaden my horizons there. Video games. I'd have to just bring a backlog of, think of a backlog of games. Yeah, it would be tough. I think I could justify it if I racked up all of the positives, but it'd be tough. I mean, having gone on, like, the flight to and from Japan, I mean, you're confined in a little you're, cylinder. You're basically doing that five days a week. That That's, like, hell. Yeah. Like, screw drowning in a car with spiders. Yeah. Stuff. That would be hell. That would be terrible. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't think I could do it. I, I could maybe do it for a week. Yeah. If that. Yeah. Like, I... I I like my job because it's stimulating to the, like, other extreme. Mm -hmm. But, like, no stimulation would... Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Kick in the ribs is this this final one. Your best friend is taking a nap on the floor of your living room. Suddenly, you're faced with a bizarre existential problem. He or she is going to die unless you kick this slumbering friend as hard as you can in the ribcage. If you don't do this, he or she will never wake up. However, you can never explain your actions. If you later inform your friend that you did this to save his or her life, your friend will die from that. So you have to kick a sleeping friend in the ribs, and you can't explain why. Since you can't tell your friend the truth, what excuse will you fabricate to explain this seemingly inexplicable attack? Sorry, man, I forgot you were there. I tripped over you in the dark really hard. (laughs) Like, thanks for asking about my broken toe, though, Yeah, you douche. And then you go on like that. That or like, dude, there was a mammoth spider on your back. Or like, <laughs> so you like break their <laughs> Just imagine that. Like, because they're going to wake up like, <gasps> like yeah. out of breath. It's like, dude, there's a spider on you. But make sure you have like a paper towel ready so that you can like, oh, dude, don't even worry. There was a huge spider on you. I got it. I'm going to flush it down the toilet now. Yeah, that would be hilarious. Um, yeah, I think you can make something up. Like, tripping over friends at sleepovers is a common thing. Mm-hmm. Kicking as hard as you can might be, like, a little bit different than stubbing your toe on someone. Yeah. But, like, you could play it off. I think you could. And it really depends. Like, if you did that to me, I'd be pretty pissed off yeah. at first. But I think eventually I'd just be like, okay, whatever. Do you go. remember that time you just, like, kicked me in the ribs or, yeah. like, tripped over me? We'd and it'd be back. like a joke. Yeah, I mean, I'd bring it up at your wedding, you know? Yeah. As, at a speech or something like that. Make sure We'd become better friends because yeah. you kicked me. Exactly. We've gotten closer because of it. Yeah, I think so. So that's it. That's all 10. Good? Yeah. Good times. I'm really enjoying these. These are a lot of fun. Again, I hope you are enjoying them. And as I said last week, if you're not... Fuck off. Tough shit. So it's our <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Ryan, enough of the hypotheticals. I think we should talk about Toy Story 4. No spoilers. We're going to keep that until our next episode in a couple weeks. Yep. 
give yeah. you guys some time to watch it. Yeah, so Ryan and I, we saw it Thursday. I uh, I texted him a week and a half ago, and I said, hey, bro, you want to see Toy Story 4 opening night? And you said, F yes. There's only one answer to that question, yeah. and it's yes. So we went. We really enjoyed it. I think going in, Ryan, we'll talk about expectations going in before we get into the actual thick of it. I went in with pretty much zero expectations. Yeah. I was going in knowing Pixar was going to knock it out of the park. The night we went, it was currently clocking in at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's not necessarily saying a whole lot because basically when anything Pixar related goes on Rotten Tomatoes, they kind of start at a 98 and, you know, you're going to go from there. Like most Pixar movies. Except for Cars. Screw Cars. But I'm pretty sure every Toy Story movie is at a 98 or above on Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. So I knew that, okay, sure, it's not saying a whole lot, but... We'll, I'll, I'll be the judge of this. Yeah. So we went in, and we went to the 3D showing. So I was, of course, wearing my regular regular glasses, and then my 3D glasses on top of that. And if you're if you haven't seen it yet, and you are planning on doing so, don't go out of your way to see it in 3D. I think certainly there's a lot of depth perception there. Yeah. Like a lot of 3DS games, it's not like things are coming in your face or anything like that. There's no. Um, like water shooting at you and coming off the screen. It's more just depth perception of the characters and then the environments that they're at. But uh, Ryan, what were your expectations going into this movie? Well, when I saw the commercial for uh, like a spork as one of the toys, I had no idea. Like my expectations were like, why are we getting another Toy Story? Mm -hmm. Like, do we need one? Like I thought giving the toys away, playing one last time with Andy and then like pushing to a new kid was a good way of ending the entire thing. So, like, going and creating a toy out of a fork, which, granted, we did as kids, mm -hmm. um, I didn't think it was necessary. So I'm like, can they pull this off? Um, and they definitely did. Mm -hmm. I And, like, I'm, I don't usually audibly laugh at movies because it takes a lot for me to crack up mm -hmm. or myself cracking myself up. Um, and I was losing my shit. Yeah, I was Cracking too. up. Like, he and Peel... Oh my gosh! So they that, were that three of, sequences with them. Yeah, one of the greatest additions they could have casted for the movie, and then of course Keanu Reeves as the Duke Kaboom or whatever. Yeah. He's this ridiculous little, almost uh, evil Knievel motorcycle rider guy, little stunt man. And it, what's really great too is seeing all the backstories for their, these little stuffed animals or characters when they had owners. Yeah. When you know when they originally had a kid. Um. What what I love about these movies most, and I teared up in multiple multiple parts, and I don't think this is spoiling anything. But when Bonnie in the beginning of the movie, and of course Bonnie is the person that Andy ended up giving his his toys to at the end of the third Toy Story, when she's in her room and just creating all of these ridiculous little scenarios with all the characters, like I started tearing up then because that's what you did, right? It's what I did. I mean, I remember growing up, I had those little. Um, medieval castles and the little ship. I forget what, I think Playmobil or whatever it was. Uh, or Fisher-Price. The Fisher-Price little sets. And there was a castle and a ship, a little pirate ship. And whenever I was, after dinner or whatever, I was like, I tell my mom and dad, hey, I'm going to go upstairs and play with my guys. That's just what I did. And very much like Andy did, I created these scenarios. Yeah. And I remember I always closed the door because I didn't want anyone to watch me play with these toys. But my dad and my mom and my sister would always like crack the door open and watch me because I would audibly talk as these characters, you know? Yeah. And talk through all the different scenarios just as Andy did. 
And in 2019, I thought it was so special to show a new generation of kids that are so glued to iPads and mobile devices that, hey, you can also use your imagination and play with action figures and step step away from technology, you yeah. know? And I think it's so critical to young kids' development to do that. Otherwise, they're just stimulated by devices and they lose all sense of ability to communicate with others, I feel like. Yeah. And I think when Lauren and I end up eventually having kids, like, I can't wait to just shove a bunch of toys and Legos in front of them and just do whatever you want. I don't care if you just throw them at the wall or clank them together or create little scenarios like I did. But just to see that on screen, I think, was so special for me. And then everything that unfolded after that, I felt like, was so seamless throughout the whole movie. There was never a dull moment. The humor beats were perfect. The storytelling was so imaginative, as Pixar has always done. And they just shattered my expectations. I walked away from this movie crying more times than I could count. The last five minutes destroyed me. Yeah. And I literally forced us to walk out of the theater as the credits were rolling, even though there were other things going on, like the characters were interacting and talking, just because it's like, no, Ryan, we need to go. I was like, because the lights came on, I was crying. I well, I looked over and you like you had like six pairs of glasses on. Yeah. And like I just see like one tear like going down your face. Was, yeah. You're like, we gotta go. <laughs> yeah, like I just couldn't do it. I couldn't handle it. Um, and you know, one of the things that I noticed is that they spend a lot more time with the new characters than the old gang. Mm-hmm. And I feel like having if someone told me that going in, I would have been really disappointed. Walking away, I don't think they should have done it any differently. Because the new characters shine so well mm-hmm. that it was just perfect for me. And I really felt like I enjoyed my enjoyment of Toy Story 4 surpassed Endgame. And I say that knowing that I'm comparing apples to oranges, kind of. They're completely different movies. You're talking animation to real people. But I've had superhero movie fatigue for like five years now. Mm-hmm. We've had 22 movies in this universe in a matter of 10 years. We've had four Toy Story movies and like 25. Yeah, I mean, I, I was the same kind of thought process because, I mean, coming out of this movie theater, you feel like a kid. Because I have I the nostalgia of watching Toy Story 1 when I was a little kid mm-hmm. and then watching them, I guess, over the last 20 years. So I was very much along the same thought process as it is better than Endgame. And I don't know if it's really apples to oranges because it's still movie the medium. Mm-hmm. It's different genre for sure, but it's really the enjoyment of that medium. Yeah. And uh, feeling like a kid again is something that like you want to. It's a. It's a very. I mean, it's we. The last time we were kids was what fifteen twenty years ago. And it's, so like that enjoyment of like. It's just it's some, comforting. Yeah, it's I mean, comforting. It's comforting. It makes you just feel so warm and fuzzy. I know it sounds cliche and ridiculous, but also like, Captain Marvel wasn't in it because she's awful. Exactly. Because she's a female. <laughs> yeah. We don't need those females in our movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we're not yeah. we're not trying to stir up uh you know and little Bo Peep, like she could have been a man and it would have been better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, it was it was very apparent that they made sure that Bo Peep was very independent, though, which I thought was good and everything. But I, I think it's an interesting take. Yeah, and I mean, that that'll get into spoilers. We'll we'll discuss. Yeah, I, I don't want to get into anything spoiler. But I I really liked what they did with Bo Peep, um, because we saw uh, I don't know. We'll just get into it. I'll do impressions. 
I really liked it better than Endgame because of that feeling coming out. The nostalgia built up. And, I mean, we've seen 24 superhero movies. Yeah. That's not diminishing. Endgame was phenomenal. Oh, Like, absolutely. it's my favorite superhero movie. Yeah. So, yeah. It, that's not diminishing Endgame. It's just saying this level of... I mean, you take me back 20 years and get that, like, fresh into playing with toys and, like, seeing those... I mean, Toy Story is so iconic. Yeah, and, and like you were saying, I'm in no way diminishing Endgame and my appreciation and love of the movie. It's it's amazing. It's phenomenal. It's it's unprecedented what they were able to accomplish in 10 years, how we were attached to all of these different characters and to throw them all in one movie and for all of them to get their own moments. It's it's unreal, and I don't think it'll ever be duplicated, right? Yeah. But Toy Story 4 is the culmination of our entire childhood and Toy Story 3, of course, Pixar's genius, came out at a time where we also were going to college. And as Andy was going to college, it was as if we were letting these characters go as well. Yeah. And then as now as we're entering adulthood and in adulthood, coming back to these characters was, again, like you were saying, it was us, it was us able to dip our toes back into the pool of our childhood. Yeah. And we, I guess, as... I guess Andy kind of grew up, right? And mm-hmm. We transitioned from not being the kid, but our character was now represented by Woody. Mm-hmm. Like his childhood or his kid had grown up. Yeah. And finding his place in the world. Yeah. And I think we then related not so much with Andy, but with Woody. And Woody became us yeah. living vicariously through this uh transcendent toy definitely so it's an interesting twist on how i guess us view the characters Mm -hmm. um but yeah it was so good i loved it i can't wait to go see it again with lauren if i talk about it anymore if i get into spoilers i will start crying because it was just i came home and lauren was of course here and we, of course, offered if, for her to go, but she wanted to go see Grandma with the parents, mm-hmm. and she was just tired and jet-lagged. And I came home, and I started describing some of the moments to her, not spoiler territory, but just how Tim, Al- Tim Allen got very emotional in some of his final lines. And I was describing that to her and just, just tearing up and crying, and I was just like, <laughs> now I understand why, and blah, 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 blah. And it was just like, oh, my gosh. How, it, I just hope that... Um, you know, I hope that some people, like especially Travis... And I don't think Marlo's seen some of the previous movies, but maybe even someone that's a few years older than Travis and has kids like that are, you know, like six years old that have seen all the movies, just seeing their child's reaction, you know, because they've seen these movies and grown up with them and everything like that. But the emotional response that I had, and if I had like a five or six year old daughter and taking her and seeing her response, it would just be so cool to see their reaction to these movies. And it was interesting. Because, the, I mean, these kind of movies, they have the humor that the parents would get mm-hmm. and not necessarily the kids. Yep. And seeing, like, the parents reacting to everything and the kids were not so much laughing at everything. They were laughing at their parents laughing. Yeah. You know? So it was a bunch of us parents just losing our shit. Mm-hmm. Like, there's one of the lines, like, that Woody says and, like, the parents, it's kind of like a cutting line to one of the other characters and the, the mom next to me was like, oh, shit. Yeah. And I was just sort of cracking up at her statement because it was very much like, ooh, like, that yeah. probably wasn't good. Yeah. And like, yeah, it was just funny or 
Because the parents probably got way more out of that movie than the kids did. I think they did. I mean, when you're a kid and you're enjoying these movies, it's more just about, oh, these characters are so cute. Oh, they farted. It's hilarious. You Visual know? stimulation. Yeah, exactly. But like for us, we, we're so emotionally invested with these characters over the past 25 years that when they do hit the major story beats, it's just waterworks, man. Mm-hmm. And I think they it's such a beautiful send-off to these characters, the franchise, and I think we have such a sense of closure with these characters I'd even argue even more so than we did in Toy Story 3. Yeah, and I hopefully they end it here. I think so. I mean, if they do more, then it's just like, guys, I come could, on. I could see them, because it's not open-ended, but they really wanted to milk it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a great way to end everything. I agree And completely. it makes sense. Yep. All the characters ended with their development yeah. fulfilled. Yep, I agree. Cool. Anything else on Toy Story? Nope, go see it. Please. And we will talk about it in two weeks. Yeah, and I don't want any hate mail about how I can't even, I can't believe you compared it to Endgame and blah, 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 blah. Ryan and I are entitled to our own opinions. And again, we're not diminishing the value of Endgame, but if there's a meter of overall satisfaction and enjoyment and just personal, like, feeling toward a movie. If you want to fight us, I'm happy to debate. Yeah, we'll get a little I mud. enjoy it. A mud I bath. Do it all we'll day. just do some mud wrestling, man. Mm-hmm. Nice and dirty. Yes. Here on the Talk It Brothers. Ryan, any parting words for the listeners? Um, if your opinions differ from ours, you're wrong. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, change your opinions. That's, I was going <laughs> like, to say. Like really confrontational at the end. I'm glad you said How it. How about you guys stop listening to us. That's right. And uh, change your opinions. Mm-hmm. And then come like super condescending <laughs> now. <laughs> How about you grow up? Yeah. But, Put uh, on your big boy pants. My, my ask, <laughs> or female pants. I don't know. You good? Yeah, I'm okay. done. My, asks, my ask of the listeners. <laughs> my ass. <laughs> going into the episode 50. I can't believe we're almost at episode 50. How we've done 49 episodes of this show is beyond me. But we're planning on doing Growing Up in the 90s Part 2. So if I could actually pull this up real quick, I can... Um, do you have a list of things that we can talk to? I do, cool. yeah. So... Silence. Oh, you wanted to entertain the listeners, Ryan? While we're... <laughs> yeah, I was just... There was just no one saying anything. Um, so we're going to talk about movies yeah. other than Disney and Pixar. All right? We're also going to talk about arcade games and memories of arcades. We're also going to talk about renting stories. So going mm. to Blockbuster, Hollywood Video, all the rental stores when you rented games and movies, and some memorable experiences doing that. So when I talk about movies from our childhood that aren't Disney... And Pixar, I don't want to get into it because I don't want to spoil anything. But think of some of the the later, the earlier DreamWorks movies like Prince of Egypt, Road to El Dorado, Land Before Time, some of those types of movies. If you have any personal stories, anecdotes that you want us to read on the show, we'd really love it because the 90s were a special time for us. That's where we grew up. We're 90s kids. So write in with anything. Podcast at gmail.com memories, particular movies, suggestions that you remember fondly that nobody else talks about. Anything's welcome. We're happy to talk about it here on the podcast. We'd love for more involvement for this episode because, hey, it's episode 50. It's a milestone for us and yeah. uh, for you guys, for listeners that have actually stuck along for the ride. Yeah, We appreciate you. So thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. And episode your questions. 49. The questions. Logan, Alec, Travis, thank you so much. We appreciate you listening, writing in. All that fun stuff. We'll be back in two and a half-ish weeks for episode 50. 
So stay tuned. We'll have lots of stories about riding orca whale in the uh, the Alaskan wild. Taming packs of moose. That's right. Mooses? Is it moose? Meese. The meese. The meese. <laughs> we just have a clan of meese. That's right. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. See you. Bye.